Welcome to Withgood. Hey, you folks, Mr. Cone doing the most. I've been joined by my wonderful and illustrious co host and good friend. Dark Raving Man. <laughs> Did you uh, forget my name, Ben? <laughs> yeah, and it's been, been forever. So, how's it going, bud? Uh, pretty good. I'm on a little winter vacation break at home here, so finished the school semester and I had some time off I could use, so took advantage of the holiday timing and I took all this week off of work, so lots of hobby time in there for me and a little bit of relaxing after all the school. You get paid time off, buddy? Yep. Wow, must be nice. (laughs) It's pretty usual for a full-time job, I would hope. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the last time I've taken actual PTO. So I think on today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, long hiatus. We're Where the talk, happy fit. Yeah, we're going to talk about Mary Mayhem. And we're going to give our initial, th- or probably not our initial thoughts, I think we already have <laughs> yeah. those, but... Uh, We've had this Age of Sigmar thing sink in for a while, so we're going to go ahead and, and just chat a little bit about, uh, you know, after now that it's been out for a while and we've got a bunch of games under our belt, what we think and what we think works and and what we dislike about the, the game Age of Sigmar um, that Games Workshop's put out. So that's kind of our, our overview for today. What you think, Brian? Sounds like it. All right. And what you working on there? I see you busily painting away. Yeah, you got me on the videos. Uh, well, as part of my winter break, I kind of made some things to goals, I guess, to try and keep track of actually accomplishing something rather than just sitting around. And uh, I've been working on my Bolt Action Americans for a long time, and I can really see the light at the end of the tunnel, so I'm trying to make a really good push this week, and I don't have that much to finish up. So I'm trying to get these guys done, and that'll be like my first fully painted army, and then I can put them on the table, and it'll be something I painted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, we played. Uh, what was it? Saturday, Sunday. It was Sunday we played, and you yes, brought Sunday. you you know you you had your Americans versus my Soviets, and yeah, that was impressive. Like like you know, it's been all these years you've been playing. War, uh, Warhammer, and now this is going to be the first time you have ever put a ta- army on the table fully painted by yourself. Yeah, it's pretty silly that it's going to end up being bolt action, but I kind of made the realization when I was talking to you during our game that I think I've painted more ghouls than I have painted uh, bolt action guys, so it's the scale, I think, is <laughs> what helps <laughs> a lot here. And, like, all these guys are pretty much the same. I'm just painting them kind of you know, doing the same thing over and over, not a whole lot of thought, and I'm not going over the top. They're just pretty standard tabletop quality, and I like them at that, so it's pretty easy chugging along, and there's not much to do, so it's really easy to stay motivated, and uh, with my busier schedule, like, paintings actually worked out a bit better to catch, like, the 20 minutes here or there I can get, and actually see some progress getting something done, so I've been able to kind of keep up work a little easier on them, and like I said, now I just have so few left. I really want to like take full advantage of my time and get them done. And then who knows what I'll do. <laughs> Back to painting ghouls. <laughs> uh, those guys are pretty much done, especially in uh, Age of Sigmar terms. I don't think I need to finish like the 20 more or so I own. <laughs> Famous last words. Famous last words. 
So, for my side of things, from a hobby perspective, it's been pretty non-existent for the last four or five months. And this this has more to do with why, part of the reason why we've been on a long break than has to do with uh, me not uh, not uh, wanting to hobby, I guess, uh, although that's probably been a factor. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I did paint a... Um, one of my Pan Oceana guys for Infinity, when, so I bought the, at Gen Con, I bought the Infinity starter box, uh, the, whatever, Operation Ice Storm or whatever, I think I talked about it on, when we covered Gen Con. Yeah. And, uh, so I finally, I did get the whole, the, the whole Pan Oceana stu- uh, stuff built. Um, so I did do that, and I did get my first guy painted, and my second guy is about... Uh, about a third of the way there, probably. He's got all of the base, all of the base blues in, which is uh, like the majority of the model. But I've kind of like right now. I've kind of shifted back to working on my bolt action Russians. So I'm actually working on three guys as we speak. So awesome. that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that was something we observed. I think both of us observed on our game on Saturday was that. Um, you got uh, your my force was severely lacking some of the tools that just having more bodies. One of the things I mean, bolt action is a very infantry based game, so having more infantry available, particularly for uh, an army like the Soviets, that tends to operate more on a horde mentality than a than an elite specialist mentality. I think you can do elite specialists with Soviets, but it's uh, I, the, what I've been shooting for. My theme doesn't match that, and, it, and my list is starting to suffer now that you've really caught up. And <laughs> uh, against uh, in the competitive circle as well, I kind of noticed that too. Playing in the uh, there was a small tournament uh, for bolt action at Gamehole Con this year, which is a um, I think you've heard of, people have, if they've followed the show for a while have heard about that. Um, event here in Madison. Um, probably remember the interview when we had Alex Cameron on the show, who's one of the primary organizers and kind of gets out there on podcasts to talk about it and promote the event. And uh, well, long story short, um, I, that was one of the things. Like, I didn't lose a game um, at that event, um, but I only won one game. So my other two games were draws, which I can't complain about. And I took home a best appearance and the best. Uh, uh, Hannah Swag, which is really the best themed army from the event. There was me and one other guy that was competing, I think, for best theme, uh, who actually played in the third round. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and so I'm just trying to get some some time into now putting to work on my Soviets. Unfortunately, I think the th- two of the three guys I'm working on, I probably will not use in regular um, regular lists because it's a light machine gun team. At least you're working on it. Yeah, at least I'm working on it. It's it's paint to model. It's something I've been sorely lacking lately. So that's good. That was the funny joke is that I've painted more than you in the recent time, too, which I don't think has ever happened in the history of time. So No, even when I was on a slump, it's I've usually painted. <laughs> uh, yeah. If I painted like five models in a four-month period, that's usually more than you. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, kind of, a, kind of a, yeah, it's first, first for everything, I guess. So, let's talk a little bit, I think uh, I kind of transitioned a little bit while I was talking about my lack of hobby mojo there. Uh, let's transition to why we've had such a long break. I think I'll, I'll go first here. I don't know how I want to quite address this on the show, but uh, here we go. 
so back in the end of July, right before Gen Con, uh, my wife decided to do something really foolish, like leave me and 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 uh, well, I guess I'm from my perspective, that's what it is. I'm fine with it now, but it definitely it definitely kind of wrecked my my want to do things and and work on hobby and play games and and reach out to folks. I really kind of as much as I'm kind of a social person, um, I think uh, you know, particularly on with internet related type social stuff, podcast, Facebook, Twitter, that kind of thing, events, that kind of thing. It it really did play into my lack of drive to want to to do hobby and to be feel like I'm you know my what I was doing was important. I mean, I, so I it just kind of the hobby and the and the miniatures and gaming just really took a back seat to things and and so it was no fault of anything else that was really going on more than it was just a series of scenario that you know it took me a few months to kind of get back start getting back into the groove and even from a gameplay perspective i think i've uh until game con i think i had played all of about four miniatures games in three months or you know from from the end of july to to uh to uh the end of november i think i had about four miniatures games that i had played couple of Age of Sigmar games, a couple of bolt action games, and that was about it. So I kind of fell off the map. We coupled that with a couple of huge work projects, and I just didn't have cycles to start, you know, work on a podcast, let alone play the games to be able to talk about things on the podcast. So there's been that. How about you, Brian? I know you kind of, you've had a lot going on since uh, getting back from Germany and, 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 stuff so that's made it tough kind of for you to help yeah um i guess this semester has been really busy um but i guess it's i mean it should be safe to say that you're definitely the driving force of the show and me being so busy it i wasn't really like twiddling my thumbs waiting for anything to happen or anything like that too fast uh just my School schedule and work schedule as working the most I had since I had started school along with school and I had a lot of night classes so I didn't have very many free nights and it was just really busy and uh, to do well in my classes I had quite a bit of homework so that really sapped a lot of my time and then um, also just I hadn't played very many games either like it's fairly regularly I haven't been able to play a lot but I mean I hadn't played hardly at all uh, since uh, Age of Sigmar came out, our uh, Monday night group kind of fell apart on Mondays. I had made it to a few, and it was only, like, me and one other guy. We played, like, two or three weeks in a row or something like that, and then I ended up getting a, a few busy weeks of school, so I didn't come out, and then just nobody was showing up, so it's like you don't really have that regular game night to go to anymore, and then just my schedule was so busy, I didn't really have the free time to even think about scheduling a game. I think we maybe played like a couple bolt action games, like you said, and that was really all I've had in a really long time. So, and then with the big swing, uh, Age of Sigmar, it kind of changed the whole hobby world a little bit. And with my lack of time, I wasn't really getting any kind of gaming, like nothing in my gaming life was really <laughs> happening at all. So 
that's kind of the main force behind my podcasting. It's just kind of a excess to my normal, uh, my normal gaming trend, I guess you could say, but just how little of that was happening. There wasn't really anything there. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's uh, exactly, exactly my thoughts. So, um, hopefully things are going to be better in our gaming lives, which will equal some more podcasts and, um, at least, you know, Brian and I talking about doing podcasts, which uh, about the gaming and fun that we're having. So that's always a step in the right, right, uh, direction. So, uh, the show's not dead by any means yet. Um, we're just, uh, we just had some, some life issues that took, took our time. And it took us a little while to be able to find an opportunity and time to get together and and be able to do this and be able to put the time in because obviously if you cannot if you're not actually doing the hobby, it, why are you taking time to uh, to talk to people about it? You know, I I feel like for us it's it's we're we're fans of of hobby and gaming first, and if you can't and if doing a podcast. If you don't have time to do that, then why are you? We don't have time to do the podcast. The podcast is a supplement um, that we want to share with you guys, the listeners and community. So, uh, thanks for sticking with us and 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 you know, taking time to listen to the show and listen to us be soppy about why we haven't been around and doing shows. Hopefully, you <laughs> enjoy this one, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more. I think on this topic near the end of the show. So, um, that being said. Let's go ahead and get talk a little bit about Mary Mayhem then. So I think uh, folks all pretty much know if you've followed again, if you followed the show for any amount of time. And if you haven't, uh, let me just kind of recap what Mary Mayhem is. Uh, Mary Mayhem is a charity tournament that I do every year. It's, uh, I think this year was like the eighth year or something crazy like that, doing Mary Mayhem. It's a charity event for Toys for Tots, so we do a, a big charity raffle. We give away an army every year, so we've given away like eight armies now. Actually, nine, because this year we gave away two. This year, I didn't know, like, my lack of hobby and lack of time, I didn't know if it was going to come together, but I got poked a few times by people that were a big fan of the event and really wanted to, to know what was going on and, and uh, kind of got me motivated here and middle of November to at least, uh, I had a rules pack put together back in August, I think for, for an AOS event that I had ran in August. And, uh, I took that rules pack and modified it up a little bit, made the forces a little bit bigger and, and took back some of the feedback from that event and turned it out for, uh, mayhem this year. And, and we had, uh, an, an, an age of Sigmar, themed event so that the the scenarios all were quasi-linked to be able to structure a story out of it of effectively the stormcast uh, eternal initial invasion of the lands of chaos was the theme and away we went so brian you actually played in in this mayhem yeah it was a since it was a kind of a smaller scale event this year i was able to play no problem I guess the only problem was uh, I didn't realize you threw in the everything still had to be painted. Um, I didn't really catch that till like the week of the tournament. So I was originally hoping to bring my vampires or even maybe my tomb kings, but when I saw that, I had to get a hold of you and ask to borrow your Bretts, which have been my Merry Mayhem May, uh, 
mainstay or whatever you say uh, for my usual job as the ringer, but this time I actually got to play him. And your Bretts fill out like my secondhand Bretts I've had for a long time that are painted into some kind of reasonable force. So I actually got to show up and play the three games. So I wasn't. I hadn't really played much Ace or Sigmar, and I pretty much, I think I put my list together the morning of, like I didn't really <laughs> remember what you had for sure, I just kind of had an idea in my head, so I just kind of slapped something together, and I hadn't hardly played any Age of Sigmar in a long time, I maybe played like four or five games total I think before that, but these were definitely my three favorite games I've ever played of it, and it was really good to kind of have that good experience, everybody was there having a good time, and it was just a really good day and had really good games. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, from and I was gonna say if you didn't say uh, the, that uh, you you came away from this um, really excited for a- Age of Sigmar. Maybe not yeah, maybe not necessarily excited for Age of Sigmar, but really excited about the games and the event and and the positivity out of it. And everybody honestly was super positive and super super really liked the event and I think the theme and the way things work. So. I don't want to necessarily get into game specifics and gameplay, but I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, at least what we thought uh, made this this event an Age of Sigmar quasi-competitive event. We had definitely had prizes. We gave away things like an overall, so it was still a tournament, to so to speak. But what made this event work with Age of Sigmar um, that you might want to use with your own events, um, if you're planning some Age of Sigmar events, that might help. Now, obviously, I'll caveat this with the fact that I had a, a group of individuals playing in this event that were all there excited to play Age of Sigmar, some of them having driven many hours to get there, and it was an amazing group of human beings and individuals. Like, there was nobody there that was uh, that I would term as as uh, a power gamer or a, or a hard you know hard nose really into um, you know into smashing every you know the other person or anything like that there was none of that it was all just a great group of people playing yeah even more to that like most of us there like a lot of us haven't hardly played any Age of Sigmar games. Like, at least my first opponent, um, like, I don't, I think he played some, but, like, most of us hardly knew the rules. We had to look up a lot of stuff. I guess some people actually knew the rules, but I don't know how many people there played even more than 10 games before they showed up. So it was just kind of like a fun time. Like, nobody had anything riding on it or anything like that. Everybody just kind of showed up to have fun. Mm hmm. It's kind of what I felt. So. I'll tell you, going as an event organizer, there were a couple of major challenges to this, and these are challenges that I think all of us have experienced that we've tr- that that have tried to play this game. And the first one is how do I tell people in a competitive event what they can and can't bring to the table, um, and still try to keep things quasi balanced between factions. So that was challenge. That was the first kind of challenge to try to do, and I, I don't know that I did an exceptional dot job of that, but I think everybody had 
at least close to even power levels of armies. So I, I think that worked out pretty well in, in the favor of the event. I think there was room in my rules pack if you wanted to to abuse the abuse it and take some powerful stuff. Yeah, everybody there, I didn't really hear any complaints one way or the other. It seemed like, I mean, it balanced stuff out pretty well. And like you said, like nobody tried to abuse it or anything, which is where a problem might show up. But it was a good baseline, just kind of have some even matched games if nobody tried to pull anything. Yeah, I've seen some stuff where, and, and I've seen some more some more push now go out in the competitive area for... Uh, I think there's a a point. Somebody's got a points based system. I think they're going to be using for Adepticon that they've used. But I didn't want to make it so that people had to generate these huge. I wanted to keep the game feeling like Age of Sigmar. I didn't want it to like turn into okay. Well, now we're playing a points match and somebody didn't quite balance the points right or something like that. And now we're back and playing this broken, that broken. The other thing that I I. I tried to tackle with this event um, pretty significantly from the event organizer's perspective was the idea of, of doing a, a narrative event and not a, and not just a tournament with three random scenarios. So uh, I tried to pick a theme from age of Sigmar and the, the one supplement book that I have that allowed everything to kind of play together and all the scenarios to play together um, and then use the, and I shouldn't say just scenarios, I should say battle plans, right? That's the the, the, the correct Age of Sigmar term for these things now. And so I actually ended up putting, I think, five or six battle plans in the rules pack with the first one being kind of the storm, the, the first scenario being themed that the Stormcast would be surging through the their gate and fighting the forces of chaos. And so that was kind of the first scenario theme. And then from there, each round, the winning round, the winning faction from the round got to choose as a team what scenario they were going to play the next they're going to use for the next round, as long as it wasn't one that had already been played in the event. I know the Forces of Order got one in one of those rounds, so I didn't really pay attention to the discussions that were going on there. But I thought that made a kind of a unique atmosphere for bringing, taking the tournament and then making it kind of a team event at the same time and forcing the people that are participating to kind of chat and talk with each other and toss, you know, what do they think is going to work well for what they brought yeah, it was pretty interesting. I guess uh, it was only like a three-round tournament or whatever, so uh, we only I only took part in one of those discussions because uh, we only had won the second round. I was playing the good side, obviously, uh, Order being Bretonian, and it was kind of interesting. Like you said, it kind of brought us together as a group, and like aside from like just showing up and being like good or evil, and then like this scenario would happen. It was good to have the discussion there. It kind of made you feel like more like involved as being part of the group rather than just kind of branded as a group. Like you actually had to decide something. And then we kind of, it was fun to look at the scenarios that were left and we compared like what everybody brought, what we saw, what everybody was playing by that point and kind of tried to pick one 
you know, that would have some advantage to ourselves or something where one of us wouldn't be at like a complete disadvantage or one of them would be like too advantaged or something like that. It was fun to just kind of pick something in that regard. Yep, I, I thought I, I, I that was kind of the intention, so I, I allowed the groups. Now, as if the event would have been bigger, there were only we only we split the groups into two factions based on the uh, based on the forces of order and the forces of chaos. But you could have easily the the, the rules pack was actually written to be able to break the the group into four factions if we would have had enough pe- uh, players turnout. And then yep. we would have had a uh, destruction faction and an undead faction, but we just didn't have enough players for that. But that would have even if the even at like a four, say a forty player event, a group of like say ten people talking about what scenario isn't nece- to play the next round is not necessarily event breaking. You just have to plot, allow for a little bit of that in the scheduling. Um, one of the things I was concerned about going into the event was the fact that we were playing with... So we were using kind of a, a wounds for a basis for building the lists. There were some other rules that were built, and you can check out the rules pack at mary-mayhem.com. But I was a little worried at 100 wounds, having only played one game that size, that the... I think we... the the Schedule allotted two and a half hours per game... And I was a little worried that people wouldn't have enough time to adequately play games. And I think, especially in the first round, you had a you struggled getting through two turns. Uh, yeah, I don't remember if we finished two or maybe barely finished three. But yeah, uh, depending on the scenario and like what armies were involved, and uh, we both were kind of really getting our uh, trying to kind of shake the. Age of Sigmar rust off and remember what we were doing there, so that slowed <laughs> down a bit. Um, so it was a little fast paced in that first round, but I think it really kind of just depended on the scenario and what armies were involved. Because uh, my last game, I finished like super quick. I think I was done like a half hour early at least, or something. I guess that's pretty reasonable time. And I remember my second game. I think we played till like turn four or five or so. I think, I don't remember if time was called or it was like a random uh, dice roll to see if the game ended. I can't remember if we ended on the roll or ended on the round, but it was pretty well decided at that point, too. So that game, I feel like it reached a conclusion where the first game was kind of cut a little short. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened had we been able to go a little further. And I don't know if that was just because it was the first round of the day or maybe if it was that scenario, but just that first round was the only one. Like, I know I had trouble finishing, but I can't say that for everybody. I think the first round was probably the slowest for everybody, but I can't say for sure. Yeah, so I think there were a lot of positive things that we that came out of it, uh, out of this event. Uh, and a lot of things that I learned as a, an event organizer for, for an Age of Sigmar event. Um, I definitely think from a rules composition, list composition, I I wanted to keep it Age of Sigmar feeling. I I really feel when I read Age of Sigmar, I kind of get this idea and feel in my my impression with these War Scrolls that they're almost like building a deck deck of magic cards or, you know, a, a CCG deck and you're trying to 
uh, deck build. So I wanted to leave it where people were kind of buying more, or getting more scrolls, and then having the ability to exchange out maybe some more scrolls or models that they brought with them. So they had a a uh, supplement of models that they were allowed to bring, but this was this supplement was then uh, also based effectively a not only could they use it to kind of swap out their list based on their opponent, but then that was their extent of their summoning pool. So it controlled um, keeping somebody from showing up with 400 zombies and being able to summon them to the table effectively in a turn or or four tons of chaos and then just doing chain summonings until they could get a ton of chaos models on the table. Yeah, and it did have to like fit the rules like the restrictions you had in there on like monsters and characters and stuff too so i think that was a really good way to do the summoning pools it still allowed for it but it wasn't such a game breaker it kind of held it in check really well i think yeah i i I remember being at gen con talking to games workshop and, and talking to particularly the brits and um one of the american sales guys and i can't remember i think it was the american sales guy that's I'm like, I'm really frustrated with Age of Sigmar at the time because it because there were no rules for or guidelines for what, you know, being able to negotiate what a balanced game should look like between me and somebody else that shows up to the table to play. Um, so it made pickup games in particular very difficult. And we talked about it. And one of the things I'm like, well, what's stopping me from showing up with my 400 plus Orcs and Goblins uh, you know, model painted, uh, you know, painted 400 plus painted orcs and goblin models. That's not counting all the stuff that's still sitting in bins waiting to be, you know, painted or whatever. Uh, and put, just dropping that on the table. And he's like, well, you just don't want to be that guy. I'm like, that's not a good guy. That's not a good way to to put guidelines here because... Well, it, it's, even at pickup games, that's going to kind of ruin the thing. It's like there's if there's not a million people to choose from playing the game and well, this guy doesn't really play fair as far as I'm concerned, although he doesn't have a problem with it. Like there's just nothing you can do at that point. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm not going to play that guy anymore. It's like, what are you going to do? Not play any games then just cause there's no way to balance it. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly. So I had to, so I wanted to make sure that we kept a bunch of that feel in, in, in being able to adjust on the fly and being able to basically have a sideboard of models. And I think that worked out really well. I don't know how much people actually took advantage of utilizing their sideboards. Yeah, um, I know I didn't use mine to like swap at all, but um, there was that one scenario where you could summon stuff in, and that's probably where it got the most use. But otherwise, I didn't actually take advantage of it to like swap out the uh my list based on my opponent or anything like that and that was more for a fact of laziness and poor planning and like i didn't have that many models to choose from so i wasn't really concerned i was just kind of showing up to play games i wasn't i didn't really have anything that i thought was of particular advantage or disadvantage to change when i came to the table so overall i think uh mayhem was a a really good uh really really good event chaos one faction chaos one with Adam Trunzo uh, winning winning the event, uh, winning the mm-hmm. both the champion of chaos as well as uh, best overall, Alex Gonzalez, who was playing uh, his Goblin army, um, was recruited by the Forces of Order, so he played on Team Order and won the uh, Forces of Order uh, best of order. So 
uh, I don't know, the rest of you order slackers were <laughs> had to recruit in your ringer, I guess. Yeah, there's just a lot of, I don't have all the prize winners here, a list of them handy, but those are the two that I wanted to make sure got mentions. Everybody was really cool. It was really good to see all, all my good friends. Lunch was, like usual, amazing. I think the, the brat buns or the hot dog buns we were using for brat buns were pretty bad, but other than that, this is probably the the best catered event that I've done for Mayhem. I guess there was no pulled pork this year, but we had the smoked mac and cheese. We had the big meat and cheese tray. We had... Yeah, there's plenty of black brats to go around, too. So. Plenty of brats. Yeah, I think I bought brats enough for roughly 20 people, so by the time I by the time I ended up getting, you know, feeding the store and feeding uh, Andy Welton, who showed up from uh, the Crippled Systems podcast to hang out for a little while and, you know few other people that came by and stitched cookies or whatever. Yeah, we went through most of it. So, yeah, overall, very successful event. Another Merry Mayhem in the books. I'm not sure what we're going to do next year for Mayhem, but it'll be, I think, the way I feel, I feel like it's going to come back. I'm, I'm not going to retire the event. I, I, You know, going into the day this year, I felt, I felt like this was going to be the last one. I was pretty convinced myself, but the more the day kept going and stuff, uh... We'll see. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what it'll be. I don't know if it'll be an Age of Sigmar event. I don't know if it'll be a Ninth Age event or an Eighth Ed event or or if it'll be some kind of conglomeration of multiple smaller game systems. I really don't know. I have no idea what it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to let this kind of mull over for several months while I, I think about it and I see what the Madison community maybe wants to do and what I'm really interested in doing. And then, uh, then we'll make some announcements um, and figure out what Mary Mayhem uh, 2016 will actually look like. But I, I feel pretty good that right now that Mayhem is going to come back in some form again for probably what it's ninth year or something like that, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's great. So let's talk a little bit about Age of Sigmar then, I think, um, it, itself. Uh what at this point, Brian? What's your impression? Is it a, a good game? Is it a viable game? Is it uh, absolutely terrible? Uh, I would say viable. I guess I couldn't say my experience or love is uh, up there to the point to call it a good game. Um, I feel like there's something to be had, uh, but also there's kind of some big problems with it that kind of make it hard. I guess that haven't really been. Uh, that haven't really been flushed out or I haven't really figured out personally how to deal with it kind of thing. Um, But overall, I feel a lot, I I guess I feel okay about it now compared to maybe where I was like when it first came out, like I was willing to give it a shot, but um, I feel like at this point I'd be all right playing it. Although it's uh, completely, it's in a completely different uh, realm for me um, compared to like what Warhammer fantasy has been to me. For all these years, it was kind of my mainstay game, and uh, I think Age of Sigmar just isn't quite going to hold up to that unless, I mean, something could change. I guess maybe the community will grow and maybe rules will appear, something like that, but uh, I'm okay with it for the most part. Uh, Merry Mayhem was like a kind of a big, had a really good impression on me that it could work out and be fun and uh like uh, it was com- the scenarios were competitive enough that I felt all right about it. Um, that's one of the big things in my mind is that you need to play a scenario. You can't do a just a 
show up in battle line kind of thing anymore. Uh, it really has to have a scenario, and it's really what kind of drives it. Uh, playing a battle line scenario is just kind of nonsense. Um, uh, but the big disappointment with me is that it's kind of lost its community flavor, I guess, and it's kind of in the realm of the basement game kind of territory, garage game kind of territory. And I know for me, um, it's been pretty hard. I haven't, like I said, I haven't uh, been able to show up on a Monday night and play a game anymore. It's like you have to go out of your way to arrange just because people aren't interested or stuff like that has changed. And then even when you do that, uh, I haven't really uh, had a chance to do it enough lately, but um, just like uh, how we are going to balance the forces is kind of still left to question like uh depending on who we're playing i think like we can kind of get to the table and you know just kind of like as the rules say put stuff down until we both are kind of happy at that but i mean that's pretty ambiguous so i don't know what will come of it i guess i'm all right playing with it i it just doesn't feel like as big of a deal as warhammer fantasy was to me which is kind of disappointing and how much the community has disappeared with it is the big drawbacks, but um, I still really like the models. I mean, I haven't bought much for new models in a long time. Um, but uh, my modeling is definitely up there a lot more lately than it was in the past. Like before, I mean, that's kind of why I haven't had so many. Um, I've played for so long, but I've never had anything painted. Is that like I could still game with all my unpainted figures, but uh, the smaller scale is very encouraging for. Um, Hobby-wise, like, it's not such a daunting thing. Uh, kind of similar to bolt action. Like, I painted 30 ghouls, and that was, like, finally one fieldable unit on the table. Whereas in bolt action, it's like I pretty much have that many things done, and it's like my army's almost done. And Age of Sigmar kind of brings that back in a little bit. Like, I actually have a lot of ambition to uh, work on my Tomb Kings, because I maybe only have to put together, like, 20 guys and have them painted, and then I'll have this whole painted force on the table really easy for that so that's very exciting that you can jump around to projects and stuff and if you don't have a lot of time it's a lot more accomplishable and if you do have a lot of time maybe you can get a lot more stuff done but uh i'm yet to experience a lot in the gameplay area but i'm definitely interested and uh it's just a matter of if i can actually play the games but i'm still pretty excited to model i feel bad that I have so much stuff now, and if it was completed, I'd be okay with it, but it's really hard to find the motivation to work on that many guys to where I would have like an 8th edition style army able to field, because I'm definitely up for still playing some 8th, but there's not really a hobby drive anymore unless something changes where I'm going to be playing that more often. So it would be a lot of work to actually put an old force like that together. Uh, so I guess that's kind of helping Age of Sigmar out, too, is uh, keeping me motivated on making smaller forces is kind of exciting in my mind, I guess. Yeah, I get that. Um, you know, definitely, I, I was, I, and like many people that have been in fantasy for a long time, I was an addict of changing factions or, or playing different factions and playing the, I wouldn't call it the faction of the month, for me but I would definitely like everything attracted me and attracted my interest and so I had so many projects like laying around that I'm like oh I really want to do that but I never got to it because it would require me building and painting 
30 or 40 models just to get a unit on the board and then to try to do that in the scale of an army that commitment to trying to complete that project that's a you know completing a whole fantasy army is easily you know i know some people out there can just knock that stuff out build it paint it whatever in a couple months but uh the for the rest of us that are more normal human beings like a, a an army project and a theme that's like a year or more of effort and of trying to get the models ready and on the table and and built and painted and and all the other kind of stuff that goes with it and so you know i but i'd get into those projects in about a third of the way through or halfway through i'd get you know 30 40 models painted i'm bored of the project i, I don't want to do it anymore and now it's like and now instead of it being a fun and a hobby and interesting i'm like oh i'm painting i remember doing that with the tomb kings ah i'm painting the like eight millionth skeleton which it felt like but it was really like the 30th and i'm like oh i'm so sick of painting bone well in age of sigmar i could paint 30 guys and my project's done you know like hey maybe not necessarily if i want to play some of the you know a larger game but it's done like I've, hey i've accomplished my project i can go play games with this my project's done and i'm happy and that is a definitely a, a real big bonus from a, a game from a hobbyist perspective, particularly if you're kind of hobbyist ADD and you want to do all of the projects. With AOS, uh, I think my other thing that I take away from it is being really cool, and I really have gotten to like about the system, and I've gotten to like about a lot of other systems. You know, we we talk a lot about doing bolt action games, and we're both sitting here working on bolt action models as we speak. The, the scenario play is much better with a, with a game that functions like Age of Sigmar. Um, I don't like... If you play straight-up kill em with Age of Sigmar, I think that game is boring. You j Everything kind of ends up amassing in the center, and you end up chucking dice, and if it's close to balance, it's whoever's dice chuck better. You end up at some point basically not moving a lot of models. Um, which is the exact opposite of what you should be doing when playing, in my opinion, when you're playing a war game. When you throw in scenario play, though, and you start putting objectives like go capture the flag or go destroy the ritual altar or something like that, all of a sudden the game starts to have meaning. And now all of a sudden... I'm starting to tell stories. The stories I used to tell myself about the games after I would play a game of Warhammer were I would have to fill in all of the story and background for why we were playing this game and why we were lining up to kill each other to try to control some pass or something like that. Like, I can actually, hey, we're going to play this in this battle plan and we're going to fight to control this pass. And so... I get objective points if I get my if I get my guys through off the table off your side of the table. All of a sudden, then and that's how I win. And if I get so many objective points, I win. Okay. Instead of yourself trying to tell the game, tell a story after that, or you know, why am I playing this game, or how am I doing it in campaign play? I'm telling it right there in the scenario. I'm telling it as the game takes place. So the game not only not only has this kind of uh, it has this much bigger, much better story field to every game I'm playing. Is that kind of the way you feel, Brian? Uh, yeah, I feel like I didn't bring that up, but 
well, you just did. Until you actually pointed it out and kind of uh, compared it to like how bolt action. But yeah, I kind of started saying until you kind of brought it up and kind of compared it to the uh, playing bolt action game. And I guess my previous experience was really um, kind of soured on uh, Age of Sigmar a little bit. And that was because I was trying to play like the just show up and kill each other uh, battle, which uh, you can't even do that like at all. And I mean, it still kind of happened the same way in um, uh, fantasy before, like just kill each kill each other wasn't that great of a thing. It kind of made it hard to have a good game. And uh, that's kind of what I really noticed at uh, Merry Mayhem, having those scenarios. I got to play all three of those. And it happens in bolt action all the time, too. It's like, it's just a lot of, like, even if you're on the losing side, a lot of time, or as far as death goes that way, a lot of times you're still in the scenario, like you're still in the game, and uh, you're just trying to accomplish a lot more in the game rather than uh, just kind of kill each other. And it just adds a lot more to it. There's a lot more strategy involved when you have to do something like that. Uh, just how good the models you have on the table are compared to your opponent's models is kind of factored out a little bit, and it kind of makes that go a little easier. Uh, there's not just like a rock, paper, scissor kind of style to the game as much then. It kind of takes some of that those problems away, and it just... I think the main thing is, is usually always kind of feel like you're in the game when it's scenario driven and each scenario being different, you're kind of playing a different game more often than not, even if you played the opponent a lot or the same army a lot and stuff like that. It's just, that is a huge benefit that I hadn't really uh, spoke about but until you mentioned it. Yeah, no, I, I think that adds, it really starts to let your game start to tell the story and then, and then it's so much easier to then go in and if you are a, a fluff or a story guy, like I think I am about uh, quite a bit, and I think you are about you know being able to not just have this great gameplay, but to say, oh hey, well we fought over this ridge, and in today's game, uh, you know my dwarves held the ridge from your orcs or something like that, and and I'm able to now have a reason, and I can say, hey, it was the battle of Gully Dwarf Bridge or something like that in my in my you know in the stories and we can tell stories about that down the road. Uh, I think that's great and and that that part of Age of Sigmar is amazing. I really do like that. Um, yeah. I do still to this day continue to um, and I and I fault the the kind of the breaking of the Madison community to a couple of things or I attribute it to a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, um, I, I attribute it to the fact that the the game is so much drastically different than what Warhammer Fantasy ever was. I think uh, four pages of rules is an injustice to the game system. Um, that it needs a little more substance, a little more clarification. Um, and the fact that we haven't really seen a, that clarification or adjustments come to the rules now that it's been out for four, five, six months. I haven't seen an FAQ or any kind of expansion. I've seen rule books that expand on like battle plans and, and gameplay and, and background, but I haven't seen anything that, that looked at the core rules, those four pages of rules, and went, okay, it needs to be a little bit better or a little bit more more clearly defined. The other thing that I think that's uh, that's been breaking is the, the the inability to be able to put together 
a list, and we know we talked about this earlier a little bit, but being able to put together a list that if I took the core rules, which should be my guideline, and I show up at the game store for pickup game night, I should be able to play another person and have a reasonable expectation that the game will be at least somewhat balanced. Whereas in 8th edition, if I came up to the table and I said, hey, you want to play a 2,000 point game? You knew exactly what that meant. Now, you what you chose to take for your 2,000 point army might not be balanced against my 2,000 point army. Maybe I'm playing a hardcore competitive list and you're playing a fluffier list. But at least we had that understanding. So we had some kind of guideline before we even sat down at the table. And I think that's more than anything is really frustrating for players that are trying to get pickup games, that are trying to get things going at their game stores, is how do I tell people when they show up how what what to bring, what's acceptable kind of to bring, what are the you know what are we normally playing every night? Now it's awesome that I can go into the store and buy a box of models, and the next week be out you know put it together during the week, and next week be out to the store and being able to push those around and do stuff. And but that does require you to have somebody at the game store. That's re- at least one person that's really pra- passionate on game night to be able to kind of organize and ra- run things and make sure that you're not overwhelmed by getting by playing somebody that's got 75 models and and is you know has that you know hey and it has that mentality of oh hey I'm gonna put all 75 models on the table because I brought them and I want to play with them because they don't have a, a guideline, um, which goes into my, I think that's why we saw a little bit of the Madison scene growth, because I vanished, and while I, I think you and Fred and, and a couple others did a pretty good job of at least showing up and continuing, it really has kind of dwindled, um, because at least at Pegasus, because we haven't had anybody there that's that's doing that extra work to keep the community strong. So I do think those are some some down downsides to Age of Sigmar. But overall, I think it's a fun game. I think it's enjoyable, um, and I think uh, this year's Mayhem proved that we you could you can make a competitive event, a themed event, and do it at once. And I can say I think we were talking on it about it on Sat on Sunday when we got together for a bolt action game. Well, I'm maybe not necessarily looking to event organize as much anymore. I really would like to do like a huge Age of Sigmar siege game where we just did like Stormcast versus Chaos and control like a castle or something like that. And just see everybody bring starter set models and whatever Stormcast and Chaos they have. And let's just throw down like this huge game and see how it goes. Yeah. Kind of all that talk like... In an ideal world, uh, like, I wonder, I mean, they do have, like, the sudden death rules and stuff like that. I haven't experienced how, like, well, um, like, that could uh, kind of balance it out if, yeah, I have 10 guys and my opponent has 75, you know, uh, that's still pretty kind of hard odds. Like, I don't think anything's going to fix that, but I wonder if they could provide a little bit of substance there, or if... I would like to think we could also expect people not to be, like, jerks. Uh, I think if it gets out of that competitive atmosphere of it, and, I mean, still in, like, the fun kind of strategy game, uh, but not as strong as, like, a win-at-all-costs kind of competitive realm, um, being that the game, it is what it is, 
now, uh, Age of Sigmar. Perhaps like those uh, kind of win at all costs, the really tough gamers are probably not really going to play it anymore because of that. Um, I wonder if when we kind of get out of our uh, regular what we know of fantasy as for a long time, if we can approach it as like a different game or maybe like brand new players uh, don't have it such ingrained in their mind, like the whole list building thing and everything. And maybe someday like you can just show up and put your models on a table and everything will be okay. But I still think there's a lot to be uh, seen with that. If that could actually happen, I guess I'm hopeful like I could just show up and put whatever on the table and it'll work out just fine. But I don't know. We'll see. I just, it's definitely not as competitive when you look at it that way, which is a kind of a lacking quality as far as a lot of people are concerned. But I feel like it's still possible to play a fun game well, that way, potentially. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, what we've seen with games like War Machine and Hordes and Drop Zone Commander and a couple of other fairly big war games that are out there now or that are becoming bigger war games is that the tournament scene drives gameplay. And so if you get, typically what you see is those people that are kind of championing a game in a game store are the couple of people that really do enjoy the game, really do uh, like going to tournaments and events and like the competitive nature. And those are the people that are kind of doing the wrangling of, of getting the game going. And without that, in in my opinion, in Age of Sigmar, um, that we're turning into basement gamers and garage gamers and not gaming at the game store. And I'm, I don't know if that is... I don't think it's good for the community, and I don't think it's good for the game because it means that it's harder for me to find people to play. And if it ends up being just me and you playing, well, I'm not sure how often I want to play or how encouraged I am to buy additional models or or grow my factions or start working on that next project because it's just like what you said with your, your vampire counts or your you're like, oh, hey, well, I could paint another 20 ghouls, but what's the point? I'm never going to use them. You know, so what's the point in in buying that extra unit of Stormcast if I'm never going to use them? Because, you know, you haven't got your stuff up and going. Just kind of like when we got in bolt action, my motivation to get going, once I kind of got, got ahead of you in bolt action, my motivation to keep growing my Germans and work on all the German stuff I had just kind of stopped. Yeah, that's for sure, until you kind of transitioned to your Soviets and I had more stuff built. Yeah, and now... You really kind of, like, fill it all out and it's like, well, <laughs> it's like I have all this stuff. It's like, why do I need anything else? Yeah, now that you're caught up with your Americans, I'm playing the Soviets going, oh, crap, now i got to go, I'm back in catch-up mode, so I'm starting to paint again. <laughs> Plus Adepticon. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it was a big thing, so... Uh, I think I think uh, if you're going to adopt Age of Sigmar locally, you need to try to make sure that you're you're doing your best effort to uh, try to drive it and, and help people understand what's acceptable to bring to the table on game night as they as new people transition in and help make sure that everybody has a good time and has fun. And it's the same thing to be said with every game, but I think with Age of Sigmar, you're gonna, it's, it's going to be a little more work um, because it's not well defined by Games Workshop right now what is acceptable to bring to the table. All right, uh, so what did we talk about today, Brian? 
Uh, we talked about where the heck we've been. <laughs> yeah, and I think we talked about uh, Mary Mayhem, and we also talked about Age of Sigmar. So I, I think that's probably about enough. We had, I think we had some good points in there. It was good being able to just kind of talk and do the show again. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back for our anniversary show, you know, where we start a new year. Um, that's been a tradition, so we will, we will bring that back. Uh, I think we'll have, on that next show, we'll probably have some some news as to what you can expect for the future of Wisco Dice and, and what we're going to be doing as far as the show. But until then, thanks for listening. Make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. Send us an email at ho- to hosts at wiscodice.com or go ahead and just drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter or Google+. Plus. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your take on this show and what you hope for out of the future of Wisco Dice. Until then, this is the this is your host, the Comzy. Peace out. Later. <laughs> Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba